Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. It is I, Dr. Thaddeus Rusty Venture, and this is an intro to True Blue Riffcast with Jeremy and Dave. Riffing about riff tracks and bad movies, such as The Godfather, Citizen Kane, and The Devil Wears Prada. Rusty. Yes, I'm sorry to interrupt, but those are all good movies. In fact, great movies. Well, James, did you ever hear of a little expression called Eye of the Beholder? Well, yes, yes, but there's such a thing as truth, and you're not being very truthful. I disagree. What is truth? What is true blue? What is a riff cast? These are questions. They are questions. Look, why don't we just try a second take? All right. Hello, it is I, Dr. Thaddeus Rusty Venture, and this is an intro to True Blue Riffcast. Riffing about bad movies, such as Back to the Future, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and Cannibal Run. No, no, this I can't accept this. I mean, I'm not going to say Cannibal Run is great, but it's certainly good of its of its genre. And what genre is that? A film Twitter? Wait, look, don't call me that. First of all. Uh, a rollicking, frolicking 70s road comedy, I guess? Fair enough, James. Fair enough. All right, well, I, I think that's enough intros. Perhaps we should do an outro now. What do you say? Indeed! Thank you for coming to True Blue Riffcast. Sit back, relax, enjoy the cast! Thank you, Dr. Venture, and, of course, James Urbaniak, for that wonderful intro slash outro i love the little song there that's great this is the true blue riff cast the number one riff tracks podcast in the world i am jeremy and of course as always i am joined by hello everyone it's me dave chabrick the author of monkey a novel available right now in paperback hardcover and kindle uh go to DaveChadwick.info for more links and information on all that you can go ahead and pick that up anyway i'm sorry what so yeah and uh, it, it it is a good book. I enjoyed it. Oh, have you read it? I did enjoy it. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Excellent, excellent. So no spoilers. So now now you got to no get working spoilers. on one. No spoilers. This is not the True Blue Monkey. This cast. is not the True Blue Monkey cast. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, I don't want to stay stay here for the whole podcast. And like, it's super cheap on the Kindle. Only six ninety nine. Paperback's a little bit different, but uh, I can't control that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we do have a lot yes. to talk about. Yes, we do. Because this is our fiftieth episode. Woo! We uh we and we uh we had a little discussion about which intro to use, and I said, um, uh, how many intros do we have now? We have we were we were, we were just talking about this. Yeah, four intros. Like that's ridiculous to me. We have Greg Sistero. Christina Bell, yeah, our friend Matthew J. Elliott, yeah, and then uh, James Urbaniak for that for this one that we use today. It's very cool that we have all these intros, and we have to we have to actually pick yeah, and choose we did have what to, to pick to use. one. And I, I suggested, hey, let's go ahead and uh, use uh, the one with uh, James Urbania because somebody we don't know who amazingly spent a lot of money to give that to us. So let's go ahead and use that for the. Uh, for the uh, 50th episode. So thank yeah, you. Thank whoever you. Did that. Thank you. Listener. Yes. Uh, and also speaking of thank yous, uh, we have some patrons to thank. Oh yes. Let's do this. Uh, I actually think we have a new patron. Oh. 
uh, a newish patron. Jeremy does everything be, on the Patreon, uh, everybody. So he's. I would like to thank Jeremy because he basically runs the podcast, uh, and I just come on and like make life miserable for him. Uh, but not. We'll just we'll just go through. Yes. We'll just go through and and thank everybody. Because I don't remember who the newest one. I know we have one that, that we just got recently, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's Andrew Webster. So thank Andrew you, Webster. I don't think I know uh, him. If I know you, I'm also, sorry. Yeah, like wait, we're we're friends. We on also Facebook. have a, uh, you know me, <laughs> you jerk. Uh, we also have Josh Flowers. We have uh, Margot, of course. Yes, Margot. We love you, Margot. Uh, well, we love everybody. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Wiley. Oh, I know him. He sat behind me at Rift Tracks Live Mothra. That's actually uh, real. I, I'm not just saying that just rub it in your face. He he actually sat behind me at, <laughs> at Rift Tracks Live. That they like two like like, like, cool. like two seats behind me. Yeah. Uh, Dan Sullivan, Jason Samuels, Jason. and uh, somebody by the username Gray Cat. Nice. Uh, Jason Samuels is a uh, uh, is a uh, very very um, uh, dedicated Misty. He supports pretty much everything in the fandom, and he supported all of my projects. So I want to say thanks specifically to him because he's such a he's such a great guy, and he's always extremely supportive of of everything in the fandom and of, of my, and of my projects as well. So I want to thank him personally too. Yeah. So thank you everybody. Who's a patron. If you want to uh, sign up for that, it's patreon.com slash true, true blue Riffcast. And uh, I'm sure we'll mention that again at the, at the end of this episode, yeah. but we should probably actually start talking about some things. Yeah. We've got some, some stuff to talk about specifically, because this is our 50th anniversary, we'll we'll get to that later. We also have the Rift Tracks release of Shrunken Heads. Oh, yeah, we need to talk about that. We definitely have to talk about that one because there's a lot there, going on in that Yeah, movie. yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, yeah. there, there was a movie that was released last week uh, in theaters and on HBO Max, and I watched it on HBO Max. Dave, you went to the theater to go see it. I did, yes. It was my... It, is amazing. It was my first. It was my first movie back to the theaters since um, not just the pandemic, but the last movie I saw in the theaters was Rift Tracks' own uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And we are talking, of course, about Mortal Kombat. No, don't, don't, don't. You know what? Okay, I, I'm just gonna say it. This movie was uh, 100% garbage. Okay, don't, it was trash. Yeah, don't associate that 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 iconic yelling of Mortal Kombat <laughs> with this movie, because I don't. I'm 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 very upset about it uh, for, for 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 a number of reasons, <laughs> and amazingly, not for the reasons I thought I was going to be upset about. We'll yeah. we'll 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 get into that, but but Jeremy, uh, I I I think the audience is aware of of my history with with Mortal Kombat. Um, you're you and me are uh, about the same age. I mean, you yep. you were affected by Mortal Kombat when it came out in the nineties. Like, are you a big big Mortal Kombat fan like me, or would you say that you know you or would you say that you're just a a, a casual fan? I'm 
I'm more of a casual fan. Like I played one, two, and three. The good ones, uh, yes. I didn't I mean, really all play much of the other ones. And uh, Mortal Kombat 11, I got like all the DLC for that and everything, and uh, I I enjoy that one a lot. Um, but you know that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I I enjoyed uh the original movie. I, you know I've I've seen all the movies. Uh, including the uh, the animated one, the Scorpion's Revenge, uh, which we'll we'll mention these other ones again in a little bit. But uh, I'm familiar enough with the lore so that I know what's actually supposed to be going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, I am a bit of a a hardcore fan. Um, uh, I'm no slouch when it comes to 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 Mortal Kombat to Mortal Kombat lore, um, and I went into this movie like you know like like the big controversy about this movie before the movie happened. Now the controversy now the controversy is that the movie is awful, um, <laughs> but the controversy before that before everybody knew that it was a colossal pile of garbage. Uh, was that Johnny Cage had been written out. And, you know, uh, you know how Twitter is. There were some theories out there that it was done to satisfy a a political movement. We don't talk about that here. But turns out that him not being in the movie was a good thing for him. Because yeah, uh like totally. they like I don't think they replaced Johnny Cage with this guy. Okay, let's just uh with this guy, um uh, what's the actor's name? Louis Tan. Yeah, I think his name was was Cole. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But um, he acted more like Cole Sprouse. Yeah. So um it was just terrible. Let's just uh let's just get into it. I have uh the uh the uh, summary up on Wikipedia. So uh and I'm I'm not gonna read it line for line i'm just gonna hit the highlights here so the movie starts off the movie the opening is actually very 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 well done with uh the scorpion and uh the opening is the best part the opening if 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 they had maintained that level of of quality but if they had maintained that level of like storytelling with the rest of the movie, then it would have been the best Mortal Kombat movie we had, but we got like, it would have been very good. And I I think I mentioned this to Dave before, but it kind of takes a nosedive into a Netflix original movie at that point. As soon as that, as as soon as it's over. So what happens is, is you have um, part of the Mortal Kombat lore is of course the, um, classic rivalry between scorpion and sub-zero excuse me um and uh scorpion is killed by the original sub-zero before the tournament and then scorpion goes down to the nether realm where he's like oh my gosh i'm such an angry skull man now right fueled by vengeance and fire and get over here's uh so he goes and fights for outworld uh in the uh, mortal Kombat tournament this is not in the movie but uh, this is what happens in the game. No. But um, they do the, uh, the the death of Scorpion and the the wiping out of the Shirai Ryu. They do that very well. It's not a hundred percent canon like at all because it happened like four hundred years ago, and in the video game canon, it supposedly happened like recently, like within the past you know decade somewhere in there. 
But all that being said, they do that very well. And then um, uh, Scorpion, who's played by an actor who I'm not even going to try to pronounce this actor's name because I know I'll get it wrong. Um, this actor and uh, he was in Lost. He was Dogen in Lost. That's how I know him. But apparently everybody else knows him as uh, other things. But to me, he's Dogen. And I always thought he would be a great Shang Tsung, but he also turned out to be a great um, Hanzo Hasashi, a.k.a. Scorpion. So uh, yes. his performance was excellent. Um, and then uh, you know, we get the Mortal Kombat title. Oh, Raiden. And then Raiden comes in and picks up the baby that survived and, and then FOs. Yep. Okay. And then, like what Jeremy said, it, it, it descends into utter trash um we meet this for lack of a better term we meet this uh this alice from resident evil only in this movie he's called cole <laughs> uh cole young uh, wasn't in the game see somebody's freaking freaking self-insert and he's a cage fighter and i thought well this guy's gonna be johnny cage and Johnny K is just like his ring name, but no, that's 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 not it at all. He's he. I, I, I'm convinced this guy is somebody's self insert, and I'm sure he's a great fighter, but he's a terrible actor. <laughs> um, and uh, he um he has his cage fight where 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 he loses, and he has one of these you know dumbass tattoos that like it's like. Oh, I'm a champion of of Mortal Kombat. Jax is at the fight, <laughs> and he has both of his arms. Yeah, he has both of his. By the way, so um, and Jax is like, "Hey, how you? You're Cole Young. Why do you suck now?" And and Cole's like, eh, "Screw you, Jax." He's like, okay, and then he goes, and uh, Jax, you know, follows him. He's a creeper. He's out in a van. And uh, we, we probably shouldn't go through the whole movie, but the way, the way I am now. So I'll just speed things up. <laughs> they go to a diner and they go to a diner and uh, they get attacked by Sub-Zero, who I guess is like 400 years old. Um, Jax fights Sub-Zero and Sub-Zero like freezes his arms off. He should be dead. Um, and uh, Cole runs away, meets Sonya. And Sonya has Kano tied up, and they're like, "Oh, rah, I'm Kano. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm also the best part of this movie." Kano, the the guy who played Kano, I think killed it for what it's worth. Um, oh yeah, Kano was the best yeah, part Kano, of that whole absolutely movie. Absolutely the the uh, the best part. He's like, "I have a dumbass tattoo." Sony's like, "I don't have a tattoo." Reptile shows up. They fight. They kill. <laughs> Um, and Kano's like, I know where Raiden's temple is. They go to Raiden's temple, and it's it's freaking awful. It's, it's like a god awful set, and they have like drawings of Nightwolf and Kotal Khan, and they're trying to trick you into thinking that there's like, <laughs> yeah, was... and they're they're trying to trick you into thinking that there's some Mortal Kombat stuff happening. And um, Liu Kang is there. Yeah, Liu 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 Kang and Kung Lao are there. They're like, point. hey, we're here now. Care about us, right? Um, and then Raiden shows up. Raiden is horribly, horribly miscast. I don't think I can emphasize how badly they screwed Raiden up in this movie. <laughs> um, so they say like, okay, one of the, okay, let's just get to it. So 
then they go to Outworld, and Outworld is also just terrible. They didn't even build a set for Outworld, like at all. They're, no, it's like a bridge. Yeah, yeah. They, and they, gate they and have a, a bridge That's with it. an awful green screen, and then him and the Shang Song and Melina, who they've like totally like Fu Manchu'd Shang Song. He's not like this awesome badass villain. He's like just this guy, you know? Yeah. It's 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 horrible, and they're. They talk a lot about the tournament, and you think the tournament's going to happen. This is the biggest problem <laughs> with this movie. I'm just going to say it. The biggest problem yeah, with and this then, movie is that they don't do any of the Mortal Kombat things. They don't have the it, Mortal Kombat tournament. They talk a lot about no. it, but they it never happens. So anyway. I'm, Shang Tsung just, he's like, we need to kill the Chosen Ones before the tournament so they can't have the tournament, so they can't have the chance to beat us, and we can take over Earth. Shang Tsung would never do that. Shang Tsung would want to win honorably in the tournament. That's like his whole reason for existing. Shang Tsung, <laughs> he might cheat in the right? tournament, maybe, yeah. but we've never really seen him cheat in the tournament because, um, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that like cheating's beyond him. I've really never known him to do it. Um, but, uh, but it's like okay, screw it. Let's 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 kill all the Earth Realm warriors. Well, why? Just have the tournament. Yeah. I mean, like, this yeah, is- and then they they teleport, they teleport to Raiden's temple. Yeah, yeah. And Raiden puts up a shield. He's like, no, you can't kill these dudes yet. We have to have the tournament. And so Shang Tsung's like, fine, I guess. And then he left. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the training montage. For Cole and Kano to unlock their Arcana. Oh, 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 oh! We also have to say that 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 Jax is there too now. Um, and oh, and the monks. Yeah, Jax, yeah, well, no, we Jax have to say had that a symbol because I think the the flat out stupidest moment in the movie is uh, hinges it's, hinges it's hinges on, 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 on knowing on this. this. Yeah, that, that Jax is there, and that the monks give him some really, really, really garbage robot arms so so yeah put a they're, pin in that. they're like endoskeleton yeah. they're endoskeleton arms but they're they're super they're just like the endoskeletons yeah. it's it's crazy but this is because during the attack earlier uh sub-zero froze jack's arms off and that's how he lost his arms in in this movie verse but uh so they're all training to get their arcana yeah. uh kano first gets his powers, laser eye which is so Dumb. This, yeah. This whole thing about them having every, every time, <laughs> the, every time an Earth Realm warrior says superpowers, I want to be like, stop, shut up, no. Like, like uh, Cole can't get his to manifest. Sonia isn't a chosen warrior, so she can't even participate in any training. Yeah, so they're, they're just and like Jax, of course. Yeah. Be like, well, just go out there and these little wimpy robot you could be the you're you like like it was almost like it was almost like you can't train with us. You're a girl, right? Almost kind of what it felt like. Almost like that, but I mean, like not in like not in like the political social way, but like the stupid little kid way. Like like yeah, that's what it felt so, like. So they're they're training, uh, Shang Tsung. They they send. Uh, What's his name? Oh yeah, okay. I, yeah, I'm totally yeah, no, blanking. Okay, so they go back to Outworld. They go back to like their 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 green screen bridge because they couldn't be bothered to build a set or have like anything <laughs> that looks cool. Okay, 
before this movie was so ugly that like 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 all the like all the awesome visuals from Mortal Kombat forget about it it's it's not going to be there you're just going to see garbage gyms you're going to see like <laughs> like like quarries a, a trailer park yeah uh so uh, just like none of like the stunning visuals associated with Mortal Kombat are are present and the the the, the temple that they have is like in the side of a mountain where they like couldn't yeah. even like put a hallway in they but just not in a they just, not a cool yeah, way. They just like have like these 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 tunnels, and it looks like it looks like a giant mole dug through it. So yeah, yeah. and it's not great. And also, Shinnok's amulet just happens to be there, and that was just there so that like the fans can be like, "Oh my gosh, it's Shinnok's amulet!" It's like get that out of here. That should that shouldn't be here. That's the most. And Kano just nope. picks it up like like it's nothing. You know, and it's just be like, like, yeah, he's gonna steal. Yeah, it. he's gonna steal. It basically holds the power of the devil. <laughs> you know, it, uh, but anyway, I'm I'm getting sidetracked. I just I just wanted to because I thought of it, and I just want to say that this movie was super ugly. So they go to their ugly bridge set, uh, their their ugly bridge green screen, and hello, look, it's Cabal. Reiko and Natara, we're here now. <laughs> Care about us? Yeah, it's like no, like no explanation to like how they're there. Just Cabal is just be like, oh yes, I'm here. I'm in an iron lung. Let me go talk to Kato, and he can betray uh, the Earthrealm yeah. warrior because he's the one who did this yeah. to me. Yeah, like you would like him. He's he. I mean, like, look, unless you're like, unless you're like me, you're not going to give a, a crap about Cabal. <laughs> No, no, you're not. You're just not. He just shows up, like, like, like character development, huh? No, okay, fine. The movie's still going. Um, so he goes and he talks to Kano, who was super easy to. I mean, like, we all knew this was going to happen. That Kano yeah. is uh, gonna betray the good guy. Yeah. Um. So that happens, and uh, Kano. Does what does he do? He he destroys the barrier. Yeah, he just destroys the barrier with his eyeball laser, with his superpower eyeball laser. Yeah. and Shang Tsung and the other guys teleport in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shang Tsung soul sucks uh, Kung Lao, and Kung Lao's dead now. Thanks for being in the movie. After after Kung Lao. After Kun Lao does his finishing move. Oh, on Natara, yeah. Where he throws his hat in the ground and it starts spinning. Yeah. And then he rides Natara through it. And then he says, flawless victory. That, I'm like, first come of all, on, man. Number one, you're not supposed to say that. Number two, that if you were going to say anything, you should have said fatality. Idiot. Yeah. Um, they do that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was dumb. And I mean, the, Kung Lao getting soul sucked was at least you know, like, something from Mortal like, Kombat. Yeah, he's dead. Cool. He was annoying. <laughs> so it, and uh, Raiden sends Cole off back home, and then and then Shang Tsung sends Goro after him. Yeah, Shang Tsung sends Goro to the trailer park, and they have this big fight in the trailer park, and um, because uh, Cole is. Uh, basically what they're setting, what I thought they were setting him up for anyway, is for him to be the new Scorpion, because he's the line of Hanzo Hasashi. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's the descendant. Yeah. He's because the the daughter lived, and he's like the descendant. And I'm like, oh, so he's gonna be possessed by his ancestor spirit, and that's how we're gonna get Scorpion. Yeah. So also, no. but also, okay, just just to hit on that. Okay, so he's the descendant. This happened like 400 years ago. Wouldn't he have thousands of descendants? Yeah. You would think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I'm not dude, sure, I'm sure how, dude, how I they. Am, dude, I am sure that, if but... your kids have kids. In a, in four hundred years, you're probably going to have thousands of descendants. I'm, yeah, I've got I, 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 you and everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But they, uh, Goro decides he's going to go after uh, Cole's wife and daughter yeah. or, or whoever they are, and so then all of a sudden Cole's arcana yeah, opens up and he gets like his he gets, he gets like his dumbass he gets literal plot armor he gets his he gets his armor he gets his cool gold suit who shows up out of nowhere and um and it kind of works like Black Panther suit where it like absorbs the energy of the blows yeah it's so like it's and that's like, and, then, and then he kills Goro and like that was the first indication to me that they had no intention well, maybe not the first, but like one of the things like, okay, well, <laughs> we are definitely not getting to the tournament now because Goro's no. dead. Um, for those of you who don't know, Goro is the uh, four-armed guy. He's the penultimate boss in the first Mortal Kombat game. Big, big deal. Um, yeah. So anyway, he's dead. Doesn't Johnny Cage punch him in the nuts? Yeah, in the, the first, first movie, like those movie. were $500 yeah. sunglasses, asshole. Very iconic. <laughs> Very, 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 very iconic. But um, so uh, Goro's dead, Kung Lao's dead, Natara's dead. Um, <laughs> so they all go to the um. Oh, this is where okay, we're gonna take the pin out of Jacks having uh stupid ass robot arms. <laughs> this is the dumbest part. Okay, aside from the guy getting the literal plot armor, this is the dumbest moment in the whole movie. Um. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't save you, Sonya. And he unlocks his arcana. I can't lift this boulder off of you. But like, I can't remember like what it was specifically, but he just be like, find your arcana or, or something dumb happens. It's, I, I saw this like three days ago, guys. Forgive me. But and I'm never going to see it again. <laughs> but like, like, oh, no. Then like the he grows robot arms when he finds his arcana to to to, they, to they like transform. Yeah, they like. Give him like that's his quote unquote superpower is that he grew new robot arms. It's like, <laughs> no, no, that's not how that works. I mean, I haven't seen the Justice League movie yet. I mean, the cyborg grow his robot arms. No, he doesn't grow his <laughs> no. robot army. Someone has to build it. I mean, I have the comics. I, re- yeah. I mean, but it's like you don't grow robot stuff. You build robot stuff. <laughs> Dumbass. I know this is going on way longer than it probably should, but uh, this is very cathartic for me. Uh, <laughs> they go to like this um, King's Cross in Harry Potter, and basically they go to like this uh, goopy white place where it's like it's like the void, <laughs> but only it's yeah. a good void. And uh, Raiden just basically tells everybody, "Oh yeah, I suck. I can't help you." And then Cole's like, well, we need to go kill all the bad guys that the audience totally cares about. And then Jack says, Jack says, they wanted a tournament. Let's give them a tournament, like, but on our terms or something so along like, those or, lines. Or, it was really or, dumb. Like that's somehow in their minds. I guess that's how they justify saying, oh, well, we had the tournament. Like, no, the hell you didn't. 
Yeah, the, the tournament the tournament is on Shang Tsung's island. It has like a lot of cool stuff to look at. It has actual fights, and it's an actual tournament. No, <laughs> yeah. you don't get this. This is not how you do it. So they sent Jax to fight Reiko, and he smashed Reiko's uh, head in. And then uh, Sonya went and fought Kano and got his little uh, his mark. I killed him with a garden gnome, which I thought was really stupid. Um, got his little mark, and she unlocked her arcana, which is her signature uh... wrist blasts. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrist blasts. Oh, only yeah, like like that's her superpower. But those come from like robot things that she wears. So they're just like it's 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 it is ridiculous. Dumb. Yeah, it is. It is dumb. super dumb. Dumb is the so, word you're looking for. So she shows up, and uh, someone's fighting Molina. I don't even remember who. Um, I think it was Liu Kang. My, no, Liu Kang was. I thought Liu Kang was fighting Cabal. Liu Kang fought Cabal and killed him. Oh, that must have been Cole then. Yeah. Um, and she shows up and like you know fatalities her and Molina. So I guess we're not going to have a Molina Katana rivalry now. So screw that. Nope. Um. Uh, uh Liu Kang summons his fire dragon and it eats uh, Cabal. Um, and, and then he says, fatality for Kung Lao. So then they're like, um, oh, okay, we've killed everybody. But no, we have to all gang up on Sub-Zero ourselves, even though they they don't really. So they go to the gym because Sub-Zero kidnapped Cole's family and is holding him like Scorpion's family was in, at the very beginning. And uh, Cole shows yeah. up and be like, where's my family? And be like, the line of Hanzo Hasashi must end, blah, blah, blah. And then Scorpion shows up. Like, so, like, all yeah, that build-up. Raiden yeah. gave Cole the kunai that Scorpion used at the beginning of the movie. And he's like, this will help you. And then when he used it, uh, tried to use it on Sub-Zero, then Scorpion appeared. And he's like, I'm going to kill you now. And then they have this big fight. And they kill him. And then Scorpion disappears. Yeah. So like all and that build up for yeah, all that all that build up for nothing. And then so like I guess the tournament is over and Shang Tsung shows up, be like, You beat us today, but the next time you see us we'll be with armies and he FOs. And so the yeah. and so the movie the end. Yeah, so no, 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 no. Uh and, Oh yeah. yeah, there's the teaser yeah, there's for the, the sequel. sequel teaser, which is like I am okay, I'll I'll tell you what happened and then I'll tell you why I think this happened. They um, they go to like Cole's cleaning out his lockers. Be like, we have to get ready for when they come back or something. We have to find the we other have to chosen. Find the other champions. Okay, so uh, he's cleaning out his locker, and then the guy from the beginning who said that, "Hey, Cole, you suck," comes and says, "Like, hey, I need you." And he's like, "Nope, I'm getting out of the fighting business to go do other fighting business." And he's like, "I'm going to Hollywood." <laughs> it's like, "What's in Hollywood?" Not what, who? And then it pans over to a. Uh, uh, poster, the bottom half, the bottom of, half a poster. of a poster of Johnny Cage and like Ninja Mime or something. Then it goes, and then like, and then the movie ends. Um, now, yeah. wh- here's why I think that happened because they got. A, I, I think that was probably shot in the last month or two because of all the kerfuffle about like everyone was like Johnny Cage is part of Mortal Kombat. Why aren't you giving us Johnny Cage? We love Johnny Cage. Like this, this can't be a Mortal Kombat uh, story with, with without him. And the right. producers were like, "You gotta have Johnny yeah, Cage." Producers were like, "Well, we screwed up. 
So I think that's why they shot that. So that like, hey, if we get a sequel, you're going to get Johnny Cage in the next movie. So I think that was probably just like tapped on. That's my theory. Does it? Yeah. I mean, is it is 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 that, that a sound that tracks. theory? That tracks. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this movie was hot garbage. Uh, the uh, they clearly fished the script out of a dumpster. Uh, because the dialogue was horrendous. Uh, except yeah. like like I I'm. When you hear stuff in foreign languages, it sounds probably a lot more badass than if they were speaking it in English. So it was probably <laughs> just as bad as it was in like like the stuff that happened at the at the fire gardens at, at the beginning of the movie. Um, but yeah, um, they didn't have any of the great Mortal Kombat visuals. They spent $95 million on this movie. I mean, I don't know what they spent it on. It wasn't the sets. I mean, for... Nope. It certainly wasn't getting any well-known actors that are, like, super well. There were no A-listers in this movie. I'm just wondering what they spent this money on. Because for $95 million, you could make, like, three episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, I see what you were talking yes, that's about. Right. That's right. That was my prepared joke. That was my prepared joke, everybody. It is up to it is up to Jeremy whether or not that stays in. Let me tell you my big my three biggest problems aside from the script, the actual script, my big my biggest problems with this movie. One, no Johnny Cage, which we already talked about. Uh two, Liu Kang was just this generic fighter and he's supposed to be very important to the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on guys. Like Liu Kang, this is the guy. He's the hero, <sighs> but no, he's yeah, just, he's, he's the, the hero. He's just and, some guy. Yeah. He's just some guy in this. And then my, my third biggest problem is the misuse, the mishandling of Scorpion because I, I wanted more Scorpion in this movie. They should have given us more Scorpion in this movie. Well, we we, we, got we the, thought the, the whole time it was going to be like, that's why they put this other Mary Sue guy in. That's why they put yeah. this Alice in the movie. That's what I thought anyway. But no, he's just an Alice. He's just, he's just useless. Yeah, it was, it was awful. I hated it. Uh, so where would you put this uh, in the list of Mortal Kombat films? Um, well, Dude, nothing can beat nothing can like as far as uh, badness goes, because Mortal Kombat Annihilation is dead last in all movies of all time for me. So like it's terrible. It's 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 bad. But as far as Mortal Kombat movies go, it's like it's just like right above it. The animated movie, um, at least, did the tournament. Um, I watched that with um, with our good friend Edgy Berserker. Uh, me and her got onto yeah. a conference call and we watched that movie together, and we actually enjoyed it. But clearly, clearly the 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 um, the best movie, the best film film, best live action film is um, is the original nineteen ninety five movie that they riffed. But no, this this movie, uh, and I'm surprised. I see people defending it on Facebook. I'm like, what? 
I see people that who who's like opinion who's like Mortal Kombat fans whose opinion that I respect, who I know know a lot about like the lore and stuff, are like singing this movie's praises, and I'm like, what? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> this movie was was awful. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, I I had hope that it that it could match up to the original one at least. After this movie. I don't want to hear about from anybody ever again about how the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie is a bad movie <laughs> in any respect because out of all of them, no. because out of all of the live action movies, I, I, I'll even throw the animated movie in there. Why not? Out of all the movies, that movie was the only one that got Mortal Kombat right. They nailed it. Yep. So... If you come at me with uh, the 95 Mortal Kombat movie is terrible after seeing this movie, I'm not going to take anything you say seriously. I'm sorry. So, like, <laughs> this is – that's me. <sighs> All right. So that concludes the uh, the Mortal Kombat section of the True Blue Riftcast <laughs> after 45 oh minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good luck editing that. And, uh, yeah. So now let's move on to shrunken it's heads for rift tracks. tracks. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh my, my goodness, goodness, guys. Shrunken heads. If you have not watched this riff, this thing, uh, you're you're in for something. <laughs> I I can't say a treat because it's not. But okay, I, there's some this. very much. <laughs> Yeah, bad things. In this. Yeah, okay. I'll say this because this is a bit of a conundrum. Okay, I loved and hated this because the the riff is outstanding. Like this is pure. Oh, it's great. Like, like from a riff track standpoint, I mean, this is this isn't even. We all love pancakes. This is not even that. Like, no, this is pure. Like this is like pure riff tracks. Like this is what riff tracks should be. Like this is the riff tracks that 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 I love and just like love to like experience. But the movie is reprehensible. Like it might be, it might be the most repulsive movie riff tracks. No, I'm going to say it. I mean, like, like, like we, we come onto this show. We're prone to hyperbole. We'll say this was the worst dub ever. This was the most boring movie ever. But I think as far as just like creepy, creepiness just like the, the yeah like there there was and it's not creepy in the scary no, way no, the, creepiness and like the i think this is way. probably the most repulsive movie riff tracks has ever done and we'll get into why okay but do you remember the scene uh from rats where the people are getting it on in the sleeping bag yeah well of course i remember that yeah yeah that pales yes. in comparison to what we get in like, this like, okay i'm gonna read this straight off of rift tracks rift tracks is uh the summary okay. uh, at the bottom there's the little uh warning symbol and something you should know it says rated tvma for cursing child murder corpse defilement underage creepiness yeah and an obviously fake cat plushie that gets put into a stew now it's the underage creepiness part of this that uh that i think is probably the biggest problem yeah. i mean before that okay okay let's just go ahead and there's no there's no nudity no there's no, no, no nudity no, 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 no. There, there's close to nudity but there's no actual like nudity so it's not at least at that level but there are a few things okay 
so the the main the main gist of the story is there's three guys, three kids, and they're living in the fifties, nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> explain what that is. There's there's no like definitive like time period that this movie takes well, place no, in. Yeah, it's- it actually reminds me a lot of of how they did Archer for the first few seasons. Yeah, it's very where it's like could yeah. be the fifties, but it could be like modern times. And this is very much it's either the fifties or the nineties. Well, it's it's like, very okay. I I think it's very clearly the nineties. Um, but at the same time, the aesthetics are <laughs> are like you know. It, it it there's a greaser gang in this movie. Funny. They're trying to they're trying to like yeah. play off like these um these gangster movie cliche, cliches. And I'm not really sure and here here's another thing. I thought it was more ambiguous of where the movie was supposed to be set. I mean, they even mentioned it a couple of times in the riff where is this supposed to be in New York? Because the the movie it reminded me the most of honestly was like visually was Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, I was thinking the same and, thing. Um, I was thinking the exact so same like, thing. Like, is this in New York? But it's never really uh, established where they are. So yeah. um, the movie starts off. These, at, these yeah. three, these three boys. Uh, like one kid, like works at his dad's corner yeah. store. Stand by me, one, two, uh, and three. Yeah, they they go over like to this comic book, uh, this newsstand where the guy's got comic. And books, they have this really. And he's this old. Yeah. Who? Oh, oh, oh! Tell us, t- tell us what this guy used to be. This comic book store owner. Yeah. So he's from he's from Haiti, yeah. and uh, he back in Haiti he was in the Tantan Makute. Yeah. For I'm gonna let you look that up. It's 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 basically the uh, Haitian secret police. For yeah, 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 more more or less. That's in <laughs> that's in the ballpark of it. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna try and keep this short, unlike what we did with Mortal yeah. Kombat. Uh, I don't know. Boys, do we want to keep it short because uh, there's a lot to talk about, man. Well, the summary we can we can keep okay. short, and then we can talk about individual things. Okay. Uh, they run afoul of the local greaser gang, which <laughs> I think is the Vipers. I don't know. One guy wears a Viper shirt. I, I'm not sure. They work for uh, they work for what Big Mo. Yeah. Oh. We need to talk about her too. Put a pin in Big Mo because yeah, I, I have some we questions will. about this person. Big Mo, uh, played by Meg Foster. Okay, that answers my question immediately because I was not sure uh, if this character was supposed to be a man or a woman. Yeah, uh, but they call her. They say she and her. So I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, no, I thought. And then I, I saw, oh, it's Meg Foster, and I'm like, oh, okay. I thought that, the character I, was a I man. That's yeah, what I, I did too, but no. Um. Anyway, she like runs the big, the big like gang. She's like the head, the godfather of this of this gang, mm-hmm. and uh, or godmother, I guess I don't know. Um. But anyway, they oh, she ha- they oh, bring the kids she in. Has her own they, Harley they got him arrested. Yeah, they got him arrested by videotaping them stripping a car for parts. They get out of jail. They get the kids. They take them to Big Mo. Uh, they escape from Big Mo and they steal some stuff from Big Mo. And Big Mo's like, no, no, we need that back. And so Big Mo makes uh, the head of the greaser gang, which I, I don't remember his name. I don't know if it was Booger or Booger was a different guy. Guns them down. Yeah, they go and they kill him. They kill the kids in the street. What, okay, when that happened, I was like, did they just murder these children? 
<laughs> yes, oh they did. Gosh. After their funeral, uh, Mr. Uh, Sumatra goes in and he cuts their heads off. Yeah. He takes like, a saw. goes into the funeral home and cuts their heads off. They don't show goes- it. It happens off screen, but uh, then we're back at his condo. And he's got, of course, this giant cauldron full of bubbling liquids. And he throws the heads in. And then he throws a stuffed cat in. And then he turns them into shrunken heads. And they wake up and they can fly around. And the one kid can shoot electricity. And the other kid carries a switchblade in his mouth. And the other kid eats stuff. They have their own superpowers. We need to talk about how he wakes wakes up the kid who eats stuff. Because it was disgusting and... It will make oh okay so there's jelly beans this kid loves uh-huh. jelly beans the brand of jelly beans is Wizzo yes so like you couldn't ask for a more like they couldn't ignore it if if you're listening to this podcast then you 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 know what Wizzo is Wizzo is uh, the classic Rift Tracks clown he wakes him up by repeatedly he puts the jelly beans in front of him he's like eat the Wizzo eat the Wizzo eat the Wizzo and he keeps saying eat the Wizzo and it's Just like stop. guys. <laughs> No. And then it shows him eating and there's like like, like this other like blood and stuff come it's really it's actually yeah, the, like like it was then uh, it was it was this scene where I started to get really creeped out. I mean there a little bit before it has something to do with her with what we're gonna talk about later. But <laughs> yeah. But but like this is where I started to get like really like 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 my skin started to crawl. Yeah. They they started finding the members of the gang and they they basically kill them and turn them into zombies. But the zombies are like cleaning up the streets. It's it's really weird. Uh anyway, they they go and they they, they you know they do their thing and they get the bad guys and and there's really no happy ending here because the kids are dead. The girl, the girl that the main kid liked uh takes them home like Mr. Sumatra says they're yours now and they have them in like a suitcase and she takes them home and it's just like what how do you explain that to your parents she yeah she's like their she's like their new mom from Double Dragon yeah um. <laughs> there's okay this girl this girl in the movie is her character is 15 almost 16 uh okay there's yeah. there's a year in between the time that the kids die and they come back as 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 you uh, fighting crime fighting shrunken heads and uh she is at this point dating the the leader of the greaser gang and uh at one point they're in a car together and he's yeah. trying to get her to do things and she's like no he's i don't want to yeah and she's and like she's like you're almost old enough. How old are you? 16? She's like, I'm almost 15 or something. I'm almost 16. And and he's like, so okay. Okay, hold on. And then he kicks oh, her no. out of the okay. car. So, rewind because this is this is a this is probably the biggest reason why this movie is so it's so detestable and repulsive. <laughs> yeah. We need to rewind to very early in the movie. And uh she was dating what's his name the head greaser man uh and she's dating the head greaser and she leaves him and because she likes one of the dorks and yeah. she goes to the dork and she climbs up and she's dressed i i don't want to say provocatively but you know um not in a way i would want 
my 16 year old to dress. Well, at this like, point, even the house like that. At this point, she would have been 14. Yeah. Okay. So um, she, she's dressed not revealingly, but she has, you know, it's, 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 she's wearing very tight clothing. And then she goes and like she starts kissing one of the, you know, like the lead dork, like right before he gets arrested and killed. Yeah. And like, and so, so she's kissing that guy. And it's just like, no, oh, I don't like this at all. You know, it, um, I, 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 I really don't want to see. I mean, Kevin even says it in the riff. He's like, guys, should we be seeing this? I don't really <laughs> want to see. I mean, they're children. I mean, look, I, look, I, I know I'm 40 and I'm getting a little I'm getting a little bit older. And everybody under the age of 30 looks like a teenager to me now. Um, but uh, but like, 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 especially like, like teen, like, like four, 15, 14, 15 year olds. I like, no. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> like, we don't so need to that's see that. When, like f- for me, that's when the uncomfortableness really starts. The, uh, the uncomfortableness reaches its peak, reaches its peak at, after, uh, let's see the, the main dork, I think his name was Tommy. He, uh, yeah. reveals himself to her. Not because he's a, as a floating head, not 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 in that way. Yeah. Uh, as she's in the the cemetery, like at his grave, and he like zaps her brain to show her what happened to him, and then he flies up her shirt and comes out through. Okay, why did he do that? I don't know. And, co- and comes out through her top. Comes out through her top, and they like force a shot of her, of her of. Of this child, okay. Look, let's just say there's no nice way to say no. This, okay, and we see we see this shot of this child's cleavage. Yeah. Okay. Um, number one, you. I know we're we're old fuddy duddies, but I don't want to see that. No, no, I do not. No. Okay. Um, but then it gets worse in the next from, scene from the movie. In the movie, in 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 the movie. What was the what was the story function of him flying up her shirt like that? I have no like, idea. What was he trying to accomplish? Did he, he just want to like? Did he just want to like see boobs? Like that's like, all I can think what, of. What adult wrote that into the script, thinking that this was okay? Uh, Charles Band, who okay. who we've talked about plenty times, plenty of times on this podcast, and have, uh, is he yo. Remind me who he is. Uh, Let's see. He's the reason we got Oblivion and Oblivion 2. Is he? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Subspecies 4. I... Wow, I already hate him. This is... is, Yeah. Yeah. uh, He's he's not he's not cool. Uh, And this movie was actually directed by Richard Elfman uh, of, of... the brother of Danny Elfman, who did the music but for who this movie, I did, didn't yeah, did, yeah. So yeah, this is a this is a, a great notch under your belt there, Danny yeah. Elfman. But um, okay, so let's let's go ahead and get to probably the worst thing that happened in this movie, just like from a moral standpoint. Yeah, this is this is easily the most disturb disturbing thing in any riff that you will watch. From Rift Tracks, probably ever. I don't. I don't see any way that it could get more disturbing than this. Uh, and then this is taking into account the tale and uh, and all of that stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So she goes to uh, the the Mister Sumatra's 
condo. And she's like, where are they? I know they're here. Where's Tommy? And he wakes up and he floats over to her. And he's Mr. Sumatra's talking about like, oh, they're not the people that you knew. They're, you know, they're just vengeance heads now. And she's like, well, I don't know about that because he showed me what happened. And then we shared a moment and she turns away from the camera. And she starts unbuttoning her shirt. Yeah. And then the head flies over and rests itself on her chest. Like, 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 and they, they give us a shot of her bra. We don't need that. Like, okay. They basically showed this child's boobs. At least, I mean, they were covered. They were covered at least. Yeah. Okay. No, but okay. Look, that's not, that's okay. Look, I, I, I don't care. This is yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't care, care either. Look, look. I'm a dad, like, and my I have a daughter that's about the same age as the the girl character in this movie, and uh, yeah, it was like I'm glad no, that okay, I watched so. that movie by myself, and like my my wife wasn't there, and my son who watches Rift Tracks with me wasn't there. I'm so glad because. That, uh, uh, I would have turned okay, it off. So I would have this, had to turn it off at that point. I almost did, but this actress's name is Rebecca Herbst. Okay, yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, she was born in 1977, so she's our age. Yeah, um, uh, just a little bit older than me. Um, is an American actor. The movie came out in 1994. So this actress, uh, Rebecca Herbst, who who, who played this uh, character, was 17 uh, when this movie was made. Uh, she's known for playing Elizabeth Elizabeth Weber in the ABC uh, daytime drama General Hospital, a role she originated on August first, nineteen ninety seven, and Susie and Alien on the Nickelodeon show Space Cases. Yeah. So uh, she's had a little bit of a career. I'm just kind of looking at her uh, her credits. Uh, she um, it looks like she's still on General Hospital. Huh. She played Elizabeth Weber and Jesse Brewer. Um. And uh, looks like she won a soap opera award in 1999, huh. and she's been nominated for uh, Outstanding Actress several times. So you know, child actors, it's not a good idea. Don't do, like if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about having children, don't let them be actors. Don't don't do that to your child because they might end up in shrunken heads. Okay. Yeah. Don't do it. Just don't. Just don't. But yeah, this this uh, now on the flip side of things, this was an outstanding riff. Like Oh, the riff is a great it time. It's so just, good. It's kind of like it it's 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 really good. And they even have uh one of Kevin Murphy's uh famous um uh go through the credits like like they have a credit sequence for the riff. And the movie has a post-credit scene. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me what it was because I was totally checked out by that point and whatever happened didn't matter. The Harley Quinn type character that uh, Big Mo had, J. she was in jail and she got out of jail to see Big Mo and uh, whoever the head greaser guy was uh, cleaning graffiti off of the wall as zombies. And then she screams and that's the end. Uh but yeah, the the over the credits thing with Kevin, where he's kind of like, kind of losing his mind a little bit with the music, 
and uh, reading the credits and trying to, I think, get the taste of the film out of his mouth. Um, it's it's so good. There there's a really good riff in there where uh, Tommy, the, the main, so the main boy riffs. character, like pops up somewhere, like he's on the roof with a video camera or whatever, and they're like, "Oh hi, Tommy." No, wait, my name's Tommy, <laughs> and I look more like Denny. Like that was great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, there were a lot of really, really good Rift Tracks callbacks. I think this is probably the best riff that Rift Tracks has. I mean, like, it's by far the best movie that, well, <laughs> movie selection. Yeah. I guess I'll say. Um, but, uh, as, like, I, I just think overall, like, you know, like I always say, it's like movie selection is key. This one was excellent. It's a very Rift Tracks thing to do. And the riff was excellent. It was like, I think it's probably the best riff since. Um, it's a wonderful life. It's definitely the best riff of the year so far. It's it was good. I just just be forewarned. If you're gonna watch this, be prepared. Okay. Yeah, be prepared to be skeezed out. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna your skin's gonna crawl. Your but... skin is gonna crawl in this movie. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Like, oh no. You, but like, it, you know, once you Yeah. Hey hey Dave. Yeah. Would you watch would you watch Shrunken Heads on Rift? Um <sighs> Honestly, I think like if you gave it to like let let's say you and me were watching it on YouTube like we used to do when we were morons. Yeah. Um and uh <laughs> we would come across something that like oh let's watch this together. It would just you know for a while it would be fun, but then like I I would I would turn it off after certain parts. Yeah. I'll be like no, I'm I'm open out. You know, it's it's um it's uh, it it's got that misguided haunted ween kind of vibe to it for a minute yeah. until it doesn't. <laughs> like it's very deceptive in the beginning when you think it's just going to be a good time and until it it absolutely is not. So I I I think the answer to that question is I would start it, and then I would most definitely turn it off. Yeah, I I I agree with that. Uh, the other question that that I have that you and I kind of asked each other. We didn't have a good answer, but uh, trying to figure out who this movie was made for because the yeah, overall thing. Yeah. It's like, the overall feeling of this movie is that it was like originally intended to be like a kid's horror movie, you know, like return of the living dead part two, they made all the yeah. stuff. There's like, there's no like actual real blood to speak of. There's a little bit here and there, uh, but it's it's very mild in terms of that. But then on the other hand, you've got not only the, some, the creepy some serious... stuff. There is so many f bombs in this movie. Like I was yeah. I was shocked by that. I knew there was a couple, uh, but holy cow! I cannot believe the amount of swearing in this movie for something yeah. that feels it like it should like... be a kids movie. It's just like <laughs> yeah, like that, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. exactly like that. Okay, I I'm I want to be done. I want to be done talking about Shrunken Heads. No, I can't. I can't anymore. Oh, I can't anymore. Okay, so um, it's our 50th episode. We've already been going for a while. Uh, I know we had a, a thing planned out where we wanted to talk about the most uh, consequential riffs in the history of riff tracks. So... Um, I'm going to take the helm and I I'm going to take the helm by giving you a choice, Jeremy. Oh. We can either save that for next time 
or since this is the 50th episode, we can go ahead and talk for an hour and a half if you want to. Yeah, we'll we'll do another we'll do another half hour. Why not? Okay. Why all right. Not? Cool. So everyone's going to look at the length of this. It's like, whoa! Did Matthew J. Elliott break the podcast again? What's going on? Well, of course. By the time I get done editing it, it probably won't even be that long, and we'll just look dumb for saying it. But you know. Okay. But um. <laughs> so anyway, uh, like I said, this is our fiftieth episode. And we're like, um, do we want to talk about another riff? Like I suggested, like I know two episodes ago, which was like two months ago now, uh, I said that I was going to talk about Replica. And then I was like, hey, maybe I could talk about Replica because I said I was going to do that for the next episode. And then Jeremy said, well, we could do that, but it's our 50th episode. You want to do something special? Then we kind of had a conversation. Well, let's talk about the most consequential riffs in the history of riff tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah, now you said you had something, uh, this is going to be like a very ad hoc kind of, uh, discussion, but, um, Jeremy, you said you had something not prepared, but like an idea of what you, yeah, I I have a few pulled up that I'm kind of looking at here. Um, and, and I'm not going to start with the, the beginning or what I think, you know, obviously Roadhouse and, and Night of the Living Dead are both, you know, cause that, that was what started everything. Uh, Mm-hmm. And that, that's obviously important, but uh, I want to talk. Obviously, I'm going to bring this up because this is this is my wheelhouse. But uh, a visit to Santa, the first, <laughs> the first riff track short that they did, mm-hmm. or at least that they released on its own. <clears throat> and yeah, it's man. Excuse me. It's very uh it's very important in my eyes because obviously it's what kicked off, you know, all of the the shorts, the 300 and you know, however many shorts they've actually released now. It was 300 plus shorts in 2017 and it's 4 years later oh, now. Oh jeez, so. has it been Oh wow. Yeah, so there's there's a lot more. Uh I I don't have the full the full number pulled up in front of me, but actually I can bring that up because I have them numbered uh on my computer because I'm insane like that. Oh, wow. Uh, let's we're see. We're about to prove to you, everybody. We're about, we, we, we are about to prove if you've made it this far, you're already a very, you're, you're, you're in deep, not just with the true blue riff cast, but with riff tracks itself. Um, so if you're still around right now, we are going to prove to you why Jeremy and I, you know, we like have like this pretend rivalry about who's the bigger riff tracks fan. Um, I think right now we're going to prove that either one of us could, uh, ho- could like carry that mantle very well. <laughs> yeah. We are about to show our riff tracks, our, our riff tracks chops. Ladies and there gentlemen. are currently, and this depends on whether or not you count uh fishing with riff tracks, which, you know, you could go either way. Uh, 372, Shorts released. Shorts. Are you including the Yule log? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I and I'm also not including uh the uh special versions of the what's happening and uh the weird CG version of Shake Hands with Danger that they released on the DVD only on the DVD. What about what about those really weird? Do you remember it was like 2013? I think it was. Where they released these these VODs was like like short clips. Like one of them was like Lawnmower Man. It was like one was like Riff Tracks. Oh, like the uh, '90s like villains, villains and stuff like that. 
Yeah, 90s villains, and there's like another one. I don't remember what it was. No. Um, or like it was like the no. 90s, and then the other was like villains. Yeah. Um, are you counting those? No, because like, I count those as something. a couple of them. I count those as something completely different because. Yeah. Those are it, it those were weird. I mean, like, uh, I mean, like, it seemed like uh, I remember, I think it was Sean Thomason who said that uh, these were like a ton of work and people didn't like it. So, like, they did just <laughs> those two initial ones and then they never did it again. Yeah. They, like pretended like it never happened. Yeah. So it's just kind of a weird, uh, a weird little blip, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's there's three hundred and three hundred seventy two shorts right now. Are you including the 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 YouTube only uh, one? I think they did like some '90s cartoons, and then another one was um, in 2015. They riffed little bits, like a little three minute bit of uh, uh, "It's the Great Pumpkin," Charlie Brown. No, no, I'm not. This okay. is this is only official releases. Not not anything that you can't. <laughs> not anything that you can't purchase. By itself, yeah. or you know, like on the, whatever YouTube stuff. Um, we know some deep stuff, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> everyone, everyone out there is like, like, like what? I, how do they remember? What all are this they stuff? talking about? I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's it it it, it it's because we're the number one riff tracks fan. Yeah, and Jeremy. But um, so obviously it so launched. Anyway, it uh, launched this entire, you know, plethora of of rift shorts. And they're still finding yeah. more stuff to give us. And I, I mean, we've gotten live shows that were literally the whole thing was just shorts. And some of those I, have uh, not been released yeah. separately. So, no, I'm not counting those either because technically those are just live the, shows. The bags. Yeah. Yeah. The bags. Like, oh, my gosh. The bags. Uh, how can you not that love was so freaky. How can you not love that? Uh, I, yeah. well, I don't love the bags, but like, but it was, um, no, the bags is excellent. Yeah, but just like it freaked me out. I was just like, "Why is this a thing?" Oh my gosh, my soul. So um, that's definitely one of the most, in my eyes, one of the most important releases for Rift Tracks: Visit to Santa. Okay, so um, I would like to just kind of like I'm just gonna like I said, this is a very ad hoc. Um, I pulled up the uh, list of official Rift Tracks on the Rift Tracks wiki, which I have let... Okay, I'm just going to be honest. The Rift Tracks wiki is basically broke. And I don't want to get into it, but they basically made some changes on fandom where, uh, like, the code that I used is broken, and in order for me to, like, continue to update, like, new new pages and stuff like that, I'll have to go back and make all the 700-plus pages that I've been making since 2014 do it all over again. Oof. So until I figure out how to like fix it and like not spend as much time as I did making the whole wiki all over again, it's, it, it's, it's kind of broke, but, and I don't know how to fix it. So uh, if you're out there and you're a riffwiki.net fan, which I know there are zero of, <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's why basically there haven't been very many updates to the Rift Wiki because you know I don't really have as much time as I used to. But uh, anyway, anyway, but um, I pulled up what does exist, and I think obviously Roadhouse. Uh, we're just go through Roadhouse. Um, I think is pretty consequential. Yes, because it was the first one, obviously. Yep. 
Um, the first year was, I think they were just trying to like figure out what Rift Tracks was. Um, uh, a lot of mic single ones. Um, but I think probably the next one that was pretty significant was uh, Daredevil. That was the um, the first uh, – it was released on January 18th, 2007, Daredevil. It was the first one with Mike, Kevin, and Bill. And it was the first one that kind of like established like, okay, this is the Mike, Kevin, Bill show. Yeah. Uh, kind of like from, from here on out, uh, more or less. Uh, so – Battlefield Earth, I think, is a pretty significant one. Yeah. Oh, here, here, I got, I got a good, uh, I got a good, a good, the Star Wars holiday special. Yes, Star Wars is kind of like a, like a important, a very important addition to the Rift Tracks catalog. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that cut was kind of like where because that was Rift Tracks had been around for about a year and a half at that point. It was released on December tenth, two thousand seven, and I think that's where they, they like not finally, but it's just like. Where riff tracks just like, whew, like this is what this is. Yeah, you know. So I think that's like where riff tracks came to fruition was with the the Star Wars holiday special. I think three hundred is important. I can't really justify it. I just <laughs> I I just think it is. And then we get into season three, and that's when um, there was like a whole bunch of VODs where they started like uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space. They released on January twenty eighth, two thousand eight. The Dark Knight for me is significant because that was the first Rift Tracks that I saw. Yeah, I I have to bring up something uh, here real quick. <clears throat> uh, I I'm looking at the the Rift Tracks page for the Dark Knight, and they have yeah they have a little thing off to the side underneath uh, the the poster for it. Uh, they have a new section. Get the movie for this Rift, and there's. Like it shows Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV, Google Play, Vudu, uh, Fandango now, YouTube, uh, AMC theaters, DirecTV, and HBO Max. Someone did a lot of work, Eric Peterson. Yeah, this is this is cool. I've I've been I've been wanting a feature like this on the site because there used to be like, oh, there was a there was a category like here's what's available on Netflix, and it was like its own thing. But now they have it all integrated into the page itself. Very well done, guys. Very well done. That sounds like that sounds like an Eric Peterson thing, probably. And if I'm wrong, yeah, um, because that 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 man is amazing. Uh, then we go into season four, uh, House on Haunted Hill, which is uh, still my personal favorite VOD. Jaws, I think, is significant for the reason that that was the first one with. Sean Thomason. So I think that's significant. Um, of course, we have uh, the uh, the first live show from 2009. Plan 9 uh, from Outer yeah, Space. Yeah, Plan 9 from Outer Space. That's right. So at first... Yeah, so if you go back and if you... If 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 you look at the Plan Nine live show, it's very different. It's a very different experience because they had Veronica Belmont, who like was there. Looks like you know they paid her a lot of money, and she was there. She just couldn't give a <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think they worked with some people. And you can leave this in or take it out. But I just think that they like worked with some people on that first live show who just were like not a great fit. 
And um, you could tell that they just did not care. I mean, Rift Tracks cared, but the people that they brought in to work with them, it just didn't look like they gave a crap about what was going on. So right. the Plan Nine, and like they they had some content before uh, the the movie itself, because Plan Nine is not that long. But um, yeah, I mean, it was the first live show. It, it's 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 a very different experience. Check it out on Rift Tracks, and you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely check it. It is available as part of the uh, Rift Tracks Friends subscription. Yeah, uh, have we talked about that? Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Not, I, I think no, I don't. That. I don't think we have. And, and you know what? Honestly, I think this is this is another huge, huge milestone for them. Um, oh, they fi- they finally have a subscription service, which doesn't really matter for us because we get everything when it comes out anyway. Right. So, like the, the subscri- I mean, I don't have Rift Tracks Friends. I don't need it. <laughs> Uh, there, there's over 400 riffs available wow. to watch on there, yeah, including it's six dollars right? a month. Yeah, it's six dollars a month. Uh, so if you're if you're one of the the people who, you know, you you don't buy everything that they put out, you don't just automatically purchase stuff, uh, or you're kind of like just starting to get into riff tracks, like your friends told you about it and they maybe showed you a few things. This is the perfect way to get started. Like there's there's a you get a free week and then it's six dollars a month after that, which is not not a not a bad price at all. And of course, guys, this is not an ad. We are not sponsored. We're just sharing this information no, with you. Um I don't even know if they listen to this podcast. Uh maybe. Um Yes, see, <clears throat> you don't know either. <laughs> I I do know that they that they have listened to a few because of oh. People, people mentioning things to me, but oh, okay. Um, oh, what did they mention? Like, God, get Dave to shut up. <laughs> yeah, find a different co-host, man. No, that's, yeah, that's exactly what uh, they're saying. Probably. <laughs> no, 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 but no. yeah, okay. But uh, getting back to the significant of the significant ones, I think Planet of the Dinosaurs is significant. The Room, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, of course, the Room. That one's kind of significant in a in a weird way because they did that one twice. Yeah. And the first one, unless you purchased it while it was available, is gone. Oh yeah, that's gone. Yeah. I have both of them, yeah. It was replaced, and I know we talked about this before, but it was replaced with the with the studio recording of the live show script. Um so that's that's kind of a weird uh, just an oddity, I think. Uh, in their catalog. So uh, getting into 2010, Boy in the Plastic Bubble is very significant. And then Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yep. Santa oh, yeah. and the Ice Cream Bunny, huge milestone. Yeah, that's that's one of their, one of their biggest releases uh, at this point was Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Getting into 2011, I think there are, there's, they uh Birdemic Shock and Terror, obviously, something we've talked about at length on this podcast on February twenty second, twenty eleven, ten years ago. Uh. Um, but after that they did three and I think like for me these these three will always be linked together because it's sort of the end of the MP three heavy era where they didn't yeah. do a lot of VODs. Um 
uh, it was mainly like where Rift Tracks' identity was we're riffing blockbusters. So I think that they chose these three to close that era out. And they are Highlander, The Karate Kid Part 3, and they wrapped it all up with Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Okay? And then they went away for a minute. Yeah. Um, and uh, they came back, and I have this very specific memory of them doing a YouTube video where they introduced uh, the Crater Lake Monster and the Devil's Hand. Now, I think the Crater Lake Monster, uh, well, they're both significant because they're the, they're the two uh, uh, releases. Uh, one was released on, the Crater Lake Monster was released on May 24th, 2011, and the Devil's Hand was released on June 1st, 2011. Yeah. These were the, I think Crater Lake Monster, for me, sticks out more. Um, because it issued it, it it ushered in this this new era that lasted for about two and a half three years of the of where they staggered VOD releases and MP3 releases, and it started with the Crater Lake Monster. So that sticks out to me uh, quite a bit. Then we get into 2012, uh, Ghost House, big yes. big 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 one, huge release. The guy from Harlem. Yeah, one of their all-time greatest riffs. Oh, you know what? We forgot to mention like all the series, all the uh, big MP3 series that they did. Twilight, Star Wars, Transformers, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, those are all those are all significant. Like every single one of those is a big deal. So, yes. I, I think very big I would be I I would be remiss if I if I if we went through this and I didn't mention Twilight, Star Wars, Harry Potter and Transformers. Um yeah. now uh 2013, you know, I'm going to tell you why I think these two specific titles are important. McBain and Cool as Ice because they were VODs, but they were VODs, they were like high caliber like for at least for what Rift Tracks was releasing at that time, as far as VODs go, because at that point they had like in 2009 and, and all that, they had been releasing public domain movies uh, with, you know, like a uh, plan nine and little shop and um, um, planet of dinosaurs. Yeah. This, this was when they had to start chilling out some cash. I, you know, like, but like you know, how how expensive could things like Ghost House and Future Zone and like other garbage like that? How expensive could that possibly be? Now with right. McBain, McBain has some notoriety to it, and so does Cool as Ice. So like that's not that's not nothing. And then they came out with Vivil Knievel and the Apple. So for me, this indicated a shift to more high quality licenses but it also indicates a shift away from mp3s because uh twilight i think the mp3 era as a whole and also like the staggered era that started off in 2011 with crater lake monster where you'd have like you know like whatever that era came to an end along with the mp3 era as a whole i think with uh Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2 on March 14th, 2013. And like the whole swan song of the MP3 era was like the line montage. 
like like the li- <laughs> where like you know where they like like lied 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 because lying was yeah. like that whole line recurring bit was like riff tracks is like best biggest joke yeah yeah i would like i would like to see line come back you know yeah but um, I, i'm 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 sure we've gotten it and we probably just have forgotten just like glossed then, over but... it yeah because it's been it's been eight years <laughs> it's been eight years since twilight breaking dawn part eight two years already yeah oh my gosh i remember like like i because I, I i used to have riff tracks parties like and this was one of them and i think the last riff tracks party i had was in 2014 for the hunger games and where like everybody who used to come just decided they didn't want to do it anymore <laughs> but um anyway so we have all that um i think doctor who and the daleks is very significant yes both of those movies that they did uh invasion yeah, earth uh, what 2059 yes yeah something like that yeah oh yeah invasion earth 2150 uh oh, yeah Okay, so getting into season nine, twenty fourteen, the Wizard of Oz very important uh, because huge like release. they had yeah huge huge release, and then something happened a week after that. This is I, I think this for me anyway. This is the first Rift Tracks presents that is extremely that is that is very 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 significant. Not to say that Matthew J. Elliott didn't do good work before this. <laughs> I'm not saying that, yeah. but this was the first um, this was the first Rift. With Ian Potter, uh, King of Kong Island. Okay? Yes. So that kind of like gave Matthew somebody to bounce off of and somebody to write with. And I think I think Ian Potter elevated Matthew's game so much. Uh, so like to me, that's to, to, for, for me, King of Kong Island represents the beginning of a turning point for uh, Rift Tracks Presents and Matthew J. Elliott and, yeah. and Ian Potter. They were definitely more scattered at this point. Yeah, uh, but you can see great thing. Yeah, you, great things are on the way, and we'll get to that here in just a second. Uh, Super Mario Brothers on March twenty first, twenty fourteen, extremely important, especially because that uh, the Super Mario Brothers was a VOD, and it was yeah, it was a VOD. Like we had been begging for Super Mario Brothers for years and years at this point. Yeah, and then when we get a VOD, it's like what? So that is just <laughs> yeah, like this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, total riff off. The total riff off that that was very significant for yeah. if not just in in you know Rift Tracks catalog, but the fact that it was Rift Tracks on TV on the National Geographic Channel of all places, yeah. but they did it on uh, it was on April Fool's Day, right? Yeah. Oh, April second. April second is 2nd. what I have yeah. on here. Um. But yeah, they they did three episodes of the Total Riff Off the first time, mm-hmm. uh, and then they they've done a few more. Uh, they did another Richard Terry, and uh, what was the other one that they did for the second batch that was in like December? They did one. Okay, they did they did three batches. They did a batch in April 2014. Killer Shrimp and Friends, Demon Bat, yeah. and uh, Guy and a Goose. Okay. Yeah. December 2014, they did Man v. Monster and Animals Behaving Badly. In November 2015, they did Brazilian Bigfoot. So there yes. are four of them. That was the other the other Richard Terry one that they did. Uh, but yeah, those those are great. Those are wonderful additions to the catalog. Um, they're they're so good. They're so good. Uh, I also think 
around that time. Oh man, I just lost my thing. There it is. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Uh, Super Mario Brothers Total Riff Off. They did Fist of Fury right after yeah, that. Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah. See, that, like, I, I, I don't get, like, I feel like that one has dropped completely off everybody's radar that they actually did that. Yeah. You know? I think um, I think we need to talk about that one in an upcoming episode, too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a retrospective on, on Fist of Fury. Um, Rift Tracks Live Sharknado, I think, is very important. Yes. Uh, the last, the last Slumber Party. One of my favorites. One of like like I think favorites. that's significant for for us, for you and me. Yeah. Um yeah. because we both love that one very, very much. Fun in Balloon Land Fun came Balloon out. Land. Uh which is a big one. I know you you can't stand that one. I can't. It's parade footage. It's a big release uh for for the catalog. Getting into season ten, I'll just say twenty fifteen had a lot of lot of really, really good stuff. And it's going to be impossible for us to cover all of it, but we'll just hit the highlights. Relegator. Uh, if it were up to me, I would say everything that's on here. But um, there's so much. Yeah. Julia Jack. I mean, come on. Rock and Roll Nightmare. Rock and Roll Nightmare. Uh, Rift Tracks Live the Room. To Catch a Yeti. Radical Jack. Oh, my gosh. Death Promise. No Retreat, No Surrender. The Wizard. I believe in Santa Claus, which uh, and the Rift Tracks Live Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Getting into 2016, we had uh, Icebreaker with our good friend uh, David Giancola. Yep, they released the film crew episodes that they did at this point. Oh uh, yeah, right that's after right. Icebreaker, and uh, that was their little project they were going to to start after uh, you know before they did Rift Tracks and. And then uh, some things happened that I we, I don't really want to get into because it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah we we're not we're not going to get into it. Yeah, now flight to Mars with Matthew J and Ian Potter I think is very important because I think that's the fruition of uh, Matthew J and and Ian just yeah. being outstanding. It's one of the best, not 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 just one of the best. Rift Tracks presents things, not just one of the best. Matthew J and Ian things. I think Flight to Mars is one of the best things Rift Tracks has ever done. Um, I don't get tired of it. Rift Tracks Live Time Chasers was was significant because that was that was doing like one of the the one of the sacred cows. Love. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like this is our stuff now. Uh, Rift Tracks Live Mothra is is good is significant for me. The Wonderful Land of Oz is uh, getting into season twelve. Excellent replica. This was the year that started off with all the bears. Oh yeah, this was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was. This was the 2017, the year of insanity, uh, and I think that was all. Um, started like you know uh, we have Day of the Animals, and then Grizzly, then uh, Star Games, and then Star Games. Yeah, Uninvited, and then all these crazy South African movies. Uh, yeah, um, the Littlest Unicorn. Yeah, uh, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Okay, getting into 2018. Well, there, uh, there was, we had the summer shorts beach party for that, uh, that's one true, of the live yeah. shows. That's that's the bags. That's speaking the bags. of speaking of the summer shorts beach party, I have a little surprise. Oh no! Uh, I mean, oh yes, I have. Excellent. I have in my possession an extra sealed copy of summer shorts beach party on DVD. What and at some point in the near future, 
Uh, we will be giving this away on the podcast's Twitter page. Oh, good. So, yeah. TB Riffcast on Twitter. So oh, make nice. sure you follow us on there if you want a chance to win a brand new copy of Rift Tracks Live Summer Shorts Beach Party. I've been hanging on to that for a while. And I actually moved it, and it was sitting on my desk right in front of me. So as soon as I saw that, <laughs> I actually remembered to mention it. So into 2018, um, Rift Tracks Live Space Mutiny. A talking cat. We can't go ahead. We, you know, huh. we can't. Uh, I would say Spiker, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, Ready Player was, was big, but for like a different reason. Like, yeah, just because it was a different. I don't know. This It surprised everybody more yeah, than it, it sure should did. have, I think. 2019, of course, was uh, the last the last year we had live shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until hopefully this year. Um, yeah. We got Octoman. And uh, Star Raiders, Giant Spider Invasion. Now, Street Fighter, I think, was excellent. Um, Yeah. uh, Finally getting that. Uh, The Visitor, which was our pick for Riff of the Year. Uh, Attack of the Super Monsters. Yes, that that was a big one because that's the first, like, anime that they did. Yeah. And, of course, we had Feeders and Feeders 2. (laughs) Oh, right. We can't. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah. uh, getting into last year, we're almost done, everybody. I think probably. Um, I, I'm just going to say it. Last year, we got one of the most important releases ever for Rift Tracks. That's It's a Wonderful Life. Like, that's like. It's a Wonderful Life. But I don't think we can. Um, I don't think we can ignore. Suburban Sasquatch? <laughs> and then, of course. Light blast. I would throw in light blast. Yeah, we had the same. But that's idea. only important to us, just yeah, because a, of yeah, just because we're, of we're, the situation. Yeah, we're the reason yeah. that movie got. We, yes, yes, we. Okay, caveat: we believe we're the reason this movie yes, happened. Yes, or we would like to believe it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, that's 20, my head cannon. But um, yeah, so yeah, so like we won't get into twenty twenty one because nothing. No. I mean, not that things haven't been great, but nothing's really felt like monumental, except for maybe Shrunken Heads, and we already just talked for like an hour about yeah. that. And also, also last year, we were back up to four MP3 releases. Right after they released uh, this year, the Bridget and Mary Joe riff for Wonder Woman 1984. That's right. I put they, this in True Blue. There, there was a discussion. There was a discussion from Rift Tracks. They wanted to know that if if we would be willing to maybe pay a couple dollars more for the MP3 releases. And I said 100% more, yes. Yes. And I said they yes. Would do more, would we pay I a little bit more? I'm on board for with it? this. Look, I'm paying $10 for yeah. Like like look. Yeah, absolutely. Do it. I mean, I'll like I dude, I just want I I don't know how to say this without sounding mean, but <laughs> welcome back from the edit, everybody. <laughs> I would very much like to see more MP3s. Yeah, I would take I would take at least a seventy five twenty five, uh, seventy five percent VODs, twenty five percent MP3s. Yeah. I'd be good with I, that. At, at least I would that. even pay. Like, like I know this is probably just me, but I, if they asked ten dollars for it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. Yeah. Just putting that out there, Rift Tracks. 
I, I I think that might be a little bit a little bit tougher of a sell for for more casual. Yeah, for a, for for a lot of people, yeah. But like, but like me being who I am and how riff how much riff tracks is important to me because I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I mean like this is probably gonna gonna sound pathetic to admit this but there was a long time there was a long long time where being a riff tracks fan was like the most important thing about like my self-image it was like it 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 defined me i'm not kidding being a riff tracks fan was just like number one priority for me for a long time it shares with a couple other things now but um I think I'd like to get back to a point in my life where it's where it's as important as it used to be for me. So, and I think that getting more MP3 releases would would help me get back there to where I, I'm. I'm not saying I'm not a huge Rift Tracks fan because obviously I still am, but like obviously, um, but I think to like for there to be like a second golden age, let's say, because like, I, I think we've seen a lot of the different kind of B movies, VODs that they've been doing. Like, like, like we've seen all the different kinds and, you know, I just kind of want things to be a little bit fresher. And I think that like with movies like shrunken heads, I think is exactly the kinds of thing that they should be doing. Even if the, even if the movie itself is absolute cringe, but you know, I I think Rift Tracks is poised and it can set itself up to have like a second golden age. And I think having more MP3 releases will be able to do that because they'll be able to do more things. More new things. I'll put it that way. Yeah, more new things that, you know, the blockbusters that didn't quite live up to what everybody wanted them to. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't expect one for the new mortal Kombat, just oh, I because of the, I wouldn't the content one. yeah but yeah i i just like that i don't i would watch i would watch them for uh the the newer american godzilla movies i enjoyed them for what they were but i know they're not great films and i think mm-hmm. uh for some of those like even godzilla versus kong that that would be that would be a fun thing a great yeah. movie to watch with a riff yeah i would totally buy that one i would pay the 5.99 or whatever 5 to 6 dollars a piece for those no problem no problem especially if it's movies that i'm like yeah this movie needs needs it this movie need, deserves it yeah so uh yeah man riff track thumbs up do it more mp3s <laughs> i'll pay more well that took a little bit longer than uh <laughs> than, yeah. than I was anticipating. We kind of yeah. yeah okay. Hey, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you get Dave started on something like that, he's gonna go. He's just gonna yeah. go, and he's not gonna want to stop. Yeah, like and, this, uh, Jer- Jeremy probably edited it out, <laughs> but he's like, we need to not mention every single title that's on here. <laughs> we can't go through the whole catalog. Yeah, uh, why each title is so great? Because I'll sit here, I'll talk for an hour about I believe in Santa Claus. I don't care. Well, heck, I'm down we for already that. did. We talked about that one for about an hour, I believe. Yeah, and next uh, time we, we're going to talk about Replica for an hour. Mark your yes. calendars for that one. But Replica, there's there's a lot to unpack in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it also has the greatest car crash ever. Yeah, it's the greatest car. Didn't we see a car crash recently that was even... Oh, yeah, that was in... um. 
uh, we talked about it with Matthew J. Uh, it had Mark uh, Hamill uh, in it. Earth Angel, Earth Angel, yeah. yeah, Earth Angel. That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's another great car crash. But uh, before we let this episode turn into a car crash, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Oh, I think we're way past that, man. I think we're 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 loaded up in the ambulance and going to the graveyard. Oh man, but yeah, you know, like I said earlier, if you enjoy the podcast, you can uh, you can support us over on Patreon, uh, Patreon dot com slash True Blue Riftcast. I actually do sometimes post stuff on there, uh, like when we got our new uh, intro from James Urbaniak. Uh, I posted that on the Patreon. Uh, as soon as we got it, and that was like three weeks before the, our previous episode, because that took forever. Uh, I also posted some updates on that on there and stuff like that, some behind the scenes things. Uh, so I put cut content up there from time to time, all kinds of little goodies for you. Balls. It might be something like that. It might be something like that, but I'm not cutting that out of this episode, Dave. <laughs> uh, so until next time, guys, uh, you can find me on Twitter at PB and Awesome. You can send me emails, Jeremy at TrueBlueRiffCast.com. And once again, don't forget to follow uh, the podcast Twitter at TBRiffCast because we've got that giveaway coming up very soon. And I'm Dave Chadwick. You can check me out at DaveChadwick.info. Pick up my new novel, Monkey, a novel by Dave Chadwick at DaveChadwick.info. Thanks once again for giving us your attention for 50 episodes. We look forward to so many more with you guys. We'll see you next time right here on the True Blue Riffcast. 